Welcome to the Cost is Courage podcast. Being a human is hard, and courage is required to do it well. Whether you need a champion or a coach, we've got you covered. I'm Lisa Baker. And I'm Melissa Dyer. And we're so glad you're here. Heyo, and welcome to episode 26 of the Cost is Courage podcast. It's a podcast, right? I had like a little brain hiccup there for a second. It is a podcast. It's a podcast. Today, we're going to be talking about courage in failure. Awesome. Yes. Sounds like fun. (laughs) (laughs) Super fun. So, But you do have something super fun to kick us off. Yes. So I love cartoons. I don't think that that should be a surprise to anybody who knows me or has been to my house or has seen my choice of (laughs) t-shirts. That's exactly what I was going to go to. I was going to say, just take a look at the t-shirts, people. Yes. Um, So I love Adventure Time and glean, you know, a lot of entertainment, but sometimes actual like wisdom and funny songs to teach my nieces and nephews. Um, But in one episode, you know, Finn, the human is struggling because he's not doing as well as he wants. And his magic dog friend, Jake, I seriously want a magic dog. (laughs) Says, dude, sucking at something is the first step to sort of being good at something. You know, and I love that. I love, I love the encouragement for the, for the younger folks that are watching that and me, the older folks (laughs) watching cartoons, you know, what kind of accepting being bad at something as like just part of the process. I love that. We are learning. Right. This is everybody's first rodeo. Yes. And that's a really low number of rodeos. To expect expertise. Yeah. And I think the the false idea that you will do something right out of the chute and be perfect at it. No. 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 Un- unreasonable. Not a fair expectation whatsoever. And speaking to all my fellow perfectionists, in the room or at the other end of this microphone, like that, that was my major struggle for the first, at least two and a half decades of my life is feeling like, like it either needs to be perfect or it's garbage. Yes. See, I, I don't think I would have labeled myself as a perfectionist. I do. I do like things to be of high quality and I believe everyone should try to the best of their ability to Mm -hmm. reach their highest quality. And I'm definitely more of a quality over quantity Mm -hmm. person. But when I started to homeschool my kids, I had this curriculum and it did this thing where it said, here are the tendencies of the teacher and here are the tendencies of the student. So mind you, I have now had to back out of, at the time we were paying for private school and we financially could no longer afford that. So I'm feeling a little bit like, uh, why was I unable to continue to sustain this? So that F word of failure was already mm-hmm. like trying to make its way into my, the narrative I was talking, um, to myself, you know, and allowing myself to listen to him. But I opened this curriculum book and they literally have like a, a role or a type cast. And it's like, 
they call it perfect Paula. Uh-huh. And I was like, oh no, like, I'm like, ew, I can feel the discomfort. You know, my chest is now getting tight over this, realizing that that need to try to make everything so perfect because I did not want to make a mistake mm-hmm. because in my world, any mistake was a failure. Well, guess what? If I've never done it before, do you think I'm going to do it? Like nobody bothered to tell me how to do it or give me proper training. Am I expected to do it the best way? I'm not even going to say the right way. I'm Mm -hmm. just going to say a best way. Do you know best practices right out of the chute? No, you learn best practices. Mm -hmm. And I just kind of came from a camp of, not trying to investigate or learn from others who had already done it. I came from a, oh, you should just know how to do everything right out of the box. Yeah. Yeah. Not true. Yeah. So, but we do very often have that expectation and we don't like, we don't like to feel like we're not good at something, which I think a lot of times, again, comes back to comparison where we might not be making the fairest comparisons. Like we're comparing ourselves to someone who's been doing this for a long time or might have a different innate ability in some way. Mm -hmm. You know, like I should not compare myself, like let's say to my brother, for example, when it comes to like musical aptitude, you know, it's like he was born with perfect pitch and my dad's knack for picking up an instrument and learning it on his own. Right. I will not be self-teaching myself any instruments anytime soon. (laughs) That is not in my wheelhouse. Right. Um, But yeah, we, and that's part of even the process of discovering what you are good at is if you do not put yourself out there and try things that maybe you're not so good at, Mm -hmm. don't label them as failures. They're just learning. You're learning. Mm -hmm. You're qualifying. You're finding your way. Mm -hmm. Yeah. All right. So we're trying to frame this as let's talk about the courage in failure. Mm-hmm. So a let's narrate what is a failure. A failure is something that you tried that you did not do as well as you expected you would do. Mm-hmm. Right. That didn't have the outcome that you wanted. Right. Didn't go the way you expected. Right. Something, something just, or something didn't work. Something didn't work. So it's a failure if you refuse to try again or learn from it. Then you're just like, I left it there. I'm doing nothing with the human experience that I've gathered. I'm not going to apply it. But anything other than leaving it there, you are now setting yourself on a course to apply some courage to learn from that experience, narrate it in a way that you can be built up. Yeah. I like the Thomas Edison quote that says, you know, I have not failed. I've just found 10,000 ways that won't work. Work. You know, and I was reading this article about Google and like what makes Google so successful is that they've like normalized failure. You know, that that's how you get innovation right. is leaving people open to like, they're allowed to invest in a project and potentially have it end nowhere, mm-hmm. but that that's how you, you get so many great 
products and services and things like that is that you give people, you know, an open invitation to just go ahead and try. Like there's not a pressure for success on you. Like ideally that's what we would like, right. but it's okay if you try and you discover that it didn't work because at least now we know, but maybe at some point it will end somewhere good. So we need to use courage when those things that we would frame as a failure. So something that just didn't work, didn't work. Where we use courage is making sure that we've now, we have now identified a weakness, which leaves us feeling vulnerable and we need to do something with that vulnerability and we need to fight fear as an, an intimidator that would preclude us from trying again mm-hmm. or pursuing something a different way. And I do also think that it requires so much emotional resiliency because what that, what that narrative can do is just hit your self-esteem, mm-hmm. you know, speak to you with shame and that's, that will keep you down, which will solidify it as a failure. If you, if you are not able to get back up and try, it doesn't even have to be the same thing, but just getting out and trying again, mm-hmm. you, you've got to use the courage you have, yeah. whatever courage led you into trying in the first place, you must find it and, and take that learning that you can and apply that so that you can grow from the experience. And it doesn't stay, you know, it just, it doesn't become one of these big giant things that hangs around in your life and keeps you from living with courage. Yeah. Well, and like in last week's episode on success, we talked about how kind of our achievements shouldn't be overly tied to our identity. Right. You know, our sense of self-worth. Similarly, like our failures shouldn't be the thing that defines who we are. You can fail at something and not be a failure. Right. You know, and I think like in thinking that through, it's like, well, what would it take to actually define yourself as a failure? I'm like, like, what's the percentage? You fail 50% of the time when you try things, 75%, 90%. Do you have to, I think to be defined as a failure, it would have to be a hundred percent of the time in your life. And nobody is that. Well, basically you'd have to be a non-trier. I don't think that's a word, but it is now. In order to be a failure, you've got to be somebody who refuses to try anything. Yeah. So we have a business friend, and I love, I love the way he, he helped us in a season where it was very hard to get out there and try again, and not fall into the trap of the, the epic. Um, not not something not working out well, that epic thing we were living at the time. And he said, look, he says, everything's a learning experience and some education just costs more. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, Absolutely. you frame it like that, you know, and what did it do? It, it cost you courage. Mm-hmm. That's what it did. <laughs> I mean, and this is like failure can come in in so many places. So it's not just like a dream that you didn't achieve right. or a goal that you didn't meet. It can be a relationship that yeah. falls apart. Oh, yeah. You know, or I mean, we're like right now, we're still in the process, the adoption process. Right. You know, and that could potentially 
fail, you know, and that doesn't have anything to do with like our effort or our desire. Like that's at somebody else's hands, you know, but very few things in life other than maybe like getting yourself out of bed and brushing your own teeth are a hundred percent. Like you don't control the outcome. Yeah. You know, so the thing that you can control is your own effort, right? You know, your own thoughts and feelings, attitude, words, the things that you do, you know? And so it's kind of like, but in in order to potentially be able to adopt children, we Mm -hmm. had to be willing to face the risk of failing at it. You know, that maybe we would get attached to kids and then not be able to be their parents. Right. You know, but that's but that we nothing would, beats a failure, but a try, you know, <laughs> you know, but, but that's we definitely, right. Yeah. We definitely wouldn't have a family if we didn't actually exactly. try. So we've mentioned it before. The Gretzky quotes, like you, you miss a hundred percent of the shots you don't take. Exactly. You know, like nothing yes. ventured, nothing gained, yes. you know? And so I find like going back to that, like perfectionism problem that it's like, if you can only do things perfectly, you live your life way smaller than yeah. you could, you know? And I remember when that like started to, I started to really wake up to the fact that that's the effect it was having on me. Right. And that I feel like my life has just blown wide open in the most beautiful and amazing ways because I faced my fears because I stopped needing things to be perfect, you know, and I intentionally actually started putting myself in the way of doing things that I would not be able to do perfectly. Right. You know, even for example, in school, in my final, in um, grad school, sometimes professors would offer, so like in grad school, like a B minus is failing. So every, everybody has really good grades. So you're not like, you all have to have A's and B's. So grades don't really differentiate you from each other anymore. So getting straight A's is no longer like the thing. And it had right. always been my thing. So sometimes professors would say like, this is the A track and this is the B track. And you have to do this much work in order to achieve an A and you have to do it at this level. But if you don't really, you know, like you're content with just receiving a B, like you could actually do a little bit less, but you'd have to do it all really well. But the best grade you could get was a B. And every time that was offered, I forced myself to take it because I knew seeing the B's on my transcript, like that, that would just be growth for me to say that, like, I'm still okay. Like, yes, that this isn't failure, that this doesn't make me less like that. I'm still okay. Even if I don't have a 4.0 transcript and so, you know, that can seem, I feel like even just admitting all this can sound kind of crazy, but it. It really helped me. And I forced myself to play intramural flag football. <laughs> and which. I just like, did you, you know, ever do roller derby? Because I just feel like this is, this would just like be the cherry on the Sunday for me. I would, I would love to. We used to do like roller derby in our front yard. I grew up with a big circle driveway. <laughs> I used to, I used to put on my brother's plastic GI Joe helmet <laughs> and his skateboarding knee pads and elbow pads. Oh and go goodness. hard on the roller skates. <laughs> All right. But it is a real thing. Um, the narrative of failure is a very real, alive, big fear bully. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Major when, bully. When you fall down, something didn't work out, didn't go as planned, um, and you're struggling to reconcile the experience in a way 
that is healthy so that you can build the emotional resiliency that you need to try again Mm -hmm. and whatever doesn't even have to be the same thing just to get back out there and living life. So do you have some takeaways, action steps? Well, I think the the takeaway was what you, um, you know, had said before, like if you tried, it wasn't a failure, it was a learning experience. So shifting that mindset. Yes. And I think in terms of action steps, Back in episode nine, we did the courage to try again. So right. that would be a great place if you specifically need some support and encouragement with trying again. Go back to episode nine if you haven't heard Good. it. Um, you know, but I think kind of like what I was just talking about, like become a professional failure, <laughs> like failer, I should say. I don't want to use the word failure, but a failure, like that you're right. that you're open to failing and that you can kind of bounce back more and more easily, you know, and kind of take hold of the risk aversion or the fear, you know, so giving yourself like intentional opportunities to fail, you know, being open with yourself about the outcomes, like that if I fail, this doesn't make me a failure. Yes. Or even if you don't get it a hundred percent, like awesome. Mm-hmm. Yep. You know, and being willing to find the lesson mm-hmm. in every attempt, you know, whatever that. it might be, you know, and kind of taking a long view of failure, like over the course of your whole life, because it can be very easy, like in the moment to feel very upset when something doesn't go the way that you want it to, but to kind of pull back and take a longer view and see if that like lesson can have more value in a broader view. Okay. And definitely be self-compassionate in failing. Yes, to please. Speak, speak to yourself with kindness. Yes. Avoid saying, I'm such a failure. Don't ever say that. Never. You are ever. forbidden. Ever. You know, it's like you made a mistake. You're right. not a mistake. You failed at something. You're not a failure. How about this? It's okay for me to learn. It's Mm -hmm. okay for me not to be able to do this like an expert. I know for me, just even this process of writing a book and publishing a book and this whole, like I've had to do all kinds of things I've never done before. Mm -hmm. They might be pulling on, on areas that I have some experience, but I have never applied it in this context. And what I have found myself saying is, You are a novice. You are not an expert. You cannot compare the level that you're able to do this to Mm -hmm. someone who has done this for five or 10 years. You are novice, which is beginner. And it's okay to start there. Yeah. Which, and my my version of that is it's my first rodeo, which actually I'm going to open my desk drawer right now and show you that I actually have a rodeo program. In my desk drawer, I'm holding it in my hot little hands, just as a perpetual reminder. This, okay, this so, is your first rodeo. Like, and I'll, and I'll just leave you with the fun fact because you always get to be the fun one that has all these quirky <laughs> things. So for a very long time, I lived in Texas, and I indeed have gone out there in the ring to try to get the bandana off of the calf running around (laughs) in the ring during a rodeo. And with that, 
We leave you. We leave you. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of The Cost is Courage. Being a human is hard, and to do it well, it's going to cost some courage. If you enjoyed this episode, one way you can tell us is by writing us a review. That would mean so much to us. And be sure to subscribe so you never miss an episode. New episodes drop every Thursday. And don't forget to check out the show notes for resources, tips, and other fun surprises. Bye for now.